Monday, December the 13th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, catch up, America reels from tornadoes and Israel's PM visits UAE. First, the world in brief. The death toll wrought by tornadoes that ripped through America's upland south on Friday night hovered around 90. Andy Bashir, Kentucky's governor, had estimated that more than 100 Kentuckians lost their lives. Then dozens were rescued at a candle factory, bringing that figure down to 50. Diane Criswell, head of the Federal Emergency Management Agency, warned that climate change will make such extreme weather the, quote, new normal. Israel's Prime Minister, Naftali Bennett, travelled to the United Arab Emirates to meet the Crown Prince of Abu Dhabi. This marks the first time an Israeli leader has visited the UAE since the country's established diplomatic ties in August 2020, when Benjamin Netanyahu and Donald Trump were in power. Israel's ties with America's Arab allies have only grown stronger since. Alibaba, a Chinese e-commerce giant, sacked a worker who had accused a colleague and client of sexually assaulting her. The former employee told an interviewer that she received a termination letter last month, which accused her of damaging the company's reputation by spreading false information. When her allegations were first reported, Alibaba fired the colleague she had accused, and 10 others, for the bad publicity. South Korea's President Moon Jae-in said that his country and North Korea, with the backing of America and China, their respective allies, have agreed in principle to formally end the Korean War, which ground to a stalemate in 1953. The Koreas have technically been at war ever since. Mr Moon also signed a $618 million defence deal to supply artillery, vehicles and radar to Australia's army. France's Interior Minister said authorities have opened 400 investigations into networks providing fake COVID-19 health passes. The passes are required to enter restaurants and many venues and are given to people who can show proof of full vaccination, a negative test within 24 hours or recent recovery from the virus. Last week, France recorded its highest number of confirmed infections in a single day since April. Hamas said four people were killed and others injured in a shooting in Burj al-Shamali, a Palestinian camp in southern Lebanon. The militant group blamed the attack on Fatah, a rival movement who denied being involved. The shooting occurred during a funeral for a Hamas supporter who was killed in an explosion at the camp on Friday. New Caledonia voted overwhelmingly against independence from France in its third and final referendum on the issue. The Pacific Territory, which lies 1,200 kilometres, 750 miles east of Australia, is strategically important. Some worry that, without a French safeguard, China will extend its influence over its islands. With most of the votes counted, 96.5% voted, quote, no. Pro-independence campaigners boycotted the poll. And fact of the day, 35%, the proportion of households that owned a car in Paris in 2019, 
a drop from 60% in 2001. And now, here's today's agenda. America in Southeast Asia Antony Blinken's arrival in Jakarta, the Indonesian capital, on Monday will count as the first trip made to Southeast Asia by President Joe Biden's top diplomat. But it is just one of several administration visits to the region, including by Kamala Harris, the Vice President, and Lloyd Austin, the Defense Secretary. All this engagement is intended to counter Chinese influence. Indonesia, Malaysia and Thailand, all on Mr Blinken's itinerary, are especially nervous about the growing rivalry between the two great powers. The American rhetoric about freedom and values does not stir leaders of these more or less flawed democracies. Thailand's is a military-backed government. Thus, Mr Blinken will emphasise prosperity and health over security and democracy. But, unlike China, America is a member of no regional free trade groupings. Its promises of infrastructure help are overshadowed by those of China, which has also made its, quote, vaccine diplomacy look superior, despite less effective jabs. An American economic strategy in the region is badly needed. COVID-19 Vaccines for Kids In the face of rising COVID-19 infections across Europe, vaccinations for children are rolling out more quickly than anticipated. The President of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, said this month that children's vaccines would be available from Monday. However, the triple threat of winter, the Omicron variant, and more cases have prompted some countries to move even earlier. Austria and Denmark, for example, have already started their vaccination programmes. Spain will begin on December 15th. Britain is also expected to reach a decision imminently. As in the EU, experts are urging the government to move quickly amid concerns that Omicron may spread more easily in the young. The low-dose jab of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, Comirnaty, was authorised last month by the European Medicines Agency, which says the vaccine was 90.7% effective at preventing symptomatic COVID-19. Its efficacy against the new variant Omicron remains uncertain. Bulldozing India's separation of temple and state Prime Minister Narendra Modi joins Yogi Adityanath, his most visible junior partner, in Varanasi for a sudden extravaganza on Monday. They are celebrating five years of Mr Adityanath's rule in the teeming state of Uttar Pradesh just before a big election. The two Hindu nationalist paragons are gathering the faithful, including a cast of celebrity gurus, for ceremonies on a holy bank of the Ganges and live-streaming it and India's national government is inaugurating the giant expansion of a temple complex. Varanasi, Mr Modi's home constituency since his first national campaign in 2014, is the site of countless temples, none more revered than the Kashi Vishwanath. In the name of improving its value and accessibility as a destination for pilgrims, 
Mr. Modi's government has raised the dense honeycomb of medieval and modern buildings that surrounded it. Rather than historical preservation, some believe the project foretells a radical remaking of India. Judgment Day for UBS On Monday, UBS, a Swiss bank, will learn the verdict of a long-running tax case in France that could leave it billions of dollars poorer. The world's largest wealth manager is appealing a record 4.5 billion euros, 5.1 billion dollar fine slapped on it in 2019 by a court that found it guilty of helping French customers stash assets offshore. Ralph Hammers, who took the helm at UBS in November 2020, wants to draw a line under past mischief. On December 1st, the bank announced that it is hiring a new finance chief, completing an overhaul of its senior ranks. Mr Hammers plans to reveal a new strategy in February. A favourable decision should see UBS find broadly in line with the €450 million Euros it has already set aside. A negative one would not capsize the lender, which has enough excess capital to absorb the shock. But it may prompt UBS to lodge a final appeal with France's highest court, prolonging a taxing saga further. Why Migrating Birds Lightened Up From highly streamlined bodies to extensive fat storage, Migratory birds have many adaptations that help them cope with punishing long-distance flights. Now, new research, led by Caspar Delhay at the Max Planck Institute for Ornithology, reveals that light-coloured feathers ought to be added to the list. Migrating birds have been observed flying at dramatically higher altitudes during the day than at night. Researchers started theorising that they were doing this to cool down under the sun, suggesting that it is necessary for them to regulate temperature to migrate effectively. As he reports in Current Biology, a journal, Dr Delhay speculated that, if this is true, then migrating birds would also have lighter coloured feathers than species that did not migrate, because light feathers will absorb less heat. He and his colleagues then measured plumage lightness in all known birds and found that migratory species are indeed lighter than their stationary counterparts. Winter Quiz Week 1 It is time for another battle with our baristas. This week we'll serve you a new question each day. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm GMT on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Monday. Which politician was Taisha of Ireland from 2017 to 2020? Finally, here's the quote of the day from George Polya who was born on this day in 1887. The best of ideas is hurt by uncritical acceptance and thrives on critical examination. 
That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 